Welcome back everybody to Sentient Future. This is episode 6. In last episode we wrapped up sensing self uh, within the six steps of the sentient worldview. Just as a quick reminder, there's sensing self, sensing context, interpreting using emotion and intuition, interpreting using reason, uh, deciding, and then acting. Today we're going to start looking at sensing context. And so there are four uh, areas within our context that we want to consider, uh, plus another which I'll get to. Uh, so there are relationships, or rather our, our social network. There is our location, uh, so some of the attributes uh, around that. Uh, we'll cover that in a, a future episode. Uh, there is culture, uh, also in a future episode. There are the resources that we have access to, either directly or indirectly. Uh, and then lastly, uh, a little bit different from sort of the different contextual elements, we've got influence. So what is our influence on each on our context uh, through each of those four um, directions, relationships, uh, geography or, or location, culture and, and resources, and then also what influence do uh, those have on us and ourself. So when we talk about sensing our relationships or our social network, uh, I don't mean uh, simply digitally. Uh, obviously there are uh, you know, real personal relationships that we have with our friends, our family, our loved ones. Um, you know, our co-workers, so on and so forth. And then uh, an extension of that, obviously there can be some overlap. There are those who we are connected to uh, digitally, um, whether that's through Facebook or LinkedIn or you know, a variety of other social platforms. The first area we're going to consider when sensing our relationships uh, and our social network is the factual side of it. So who's connected to who, who knows who, uh, to sort of what depth, um, you know, who are these different people in your life in relation to you? Uh, again, friends, family, you can think of a different ca couple categories there, whether they're acquaintances, whether they're rivals, whether they are, um, you know, people that have uh, supported you in the past, slighted you in the past, so on and so forth. So really just sort of mapping out your network um, is a, a helpful step. So a helpful process to undertake from time to time is actually uh, mapping of your social network or mapping of your, your relationships. Um, mind mapping uh, as a process, it doesn't have to be done digitally, but it certainly can, is, uh, is really useful. Uh, it gives you a sense of the different groups of people that you're connected to and perhaps some of the connections that uh, they have amongst themselves. Uh, but it also gives you an idea of relationships that are, say, contingent on you staying in touch with, um, you know, a shared contact. Maybe a friend of a friend of yours uh, is the person, who, you know, you want to, whose attention uh, you'd like to get or who you think you can create value for. Well, your mutual friend, uh, the one that's sort of one degree of separation away, uh, you know, it's important that maybe uh, you continue fostering and focusing on that relationship. So really, the relationship networking process helps to identify risks and opportunities as it relates to who you're connected to. Now, that's really the sort of hard and factual side of uh, your social network. Um, another important piece, uh, arguably more important, is really your understanding of the individuals uh, with whom you're connected. So um, understanding what it is they're facing, understanding uh, what it is they're they're feeling, and you know to that degree, some of the 
skills and, and ways that we've uh, measured or that we've talked about measuring self uh, are become really important, whether it's uh, empathy uh, or, you know, emotional, your emotional quotient, uh, EQ. Uh, these are, you know, strong skills to continue to develop. And the reason is uh, because it helps you um, better understand the social network that you're a part of. Uh, and of course, at that point, you're better able to create value for others, understand other people's needs, and um, you know, help them out in a sort of mutually beneficial fashion. So when it comes to sensing the softer side of your social network, how people are thinking and feeling as opposed to strictly the uh, connectivity of it, it's important to consider what strategies and tactics you use on a regular basis to be empathetic and to use your emotional intelligence. Now, in a later episode, when we cover the third step in the sentient worldview, interpreting uh, your situation with emotion and intuition, we'll go into more depth to look at Robert Pluchik's emotional model. And I found that quite a helpful resource to name the emotions that we are feeling and understand what subtle emotions others are feeling and how those can arise from a combination of some of the core emotions. So there are helpful tools to improve our emotional understanding and literacy, or in other words, our emotional intelligence. That is different, however, from empathy. There are several definitions of empathy out there, and the one that I find most practical really comes in two steps. One that's arguably necessary, and the next one which is a nice to have. The necessary step in empathy is to imagine what it's like for that person to feel the emotion that they're feeling. You've already identified it using emotional intelligence. This is, can you put yourself in their shoes? And one good way I find of doing this is remembering a similar situation or what have you uh, in your own life in the past where you felt that same emotion. It may be a different, certainly the situation details will be different, but if you can remember what it felt like to feel that emotion yourself, maybe albeit a few years ago, uh, that helps you understand how they are feeling now. And the second step or level of empathy that isn't necessary but is a nice to have is if you can share that emotion with that person in this moment. Certain situations will lend themselves better to that. So whether it's a shared victory, whether it's watching your children succeed, whether it is, uh, you know, shared anger or fear at a, you know, a, a threat to your well-being, uh, those emotions are easily shared. And the benefit of sharing an emotion with someone in the moment, whether it comes naturally to you or whether you uh, you get into that mindset purposefully is that the other person now understands that you uh, are empathetic as opposed to uh, you knowing that you understand sort of that first necessary step but not necessarily making it clear to them. When it's clear to someone else that you know how they're feeling or even are sharing that emotion with them, that increases your bond with that person and increases the strength of your relationship. It improves your ability to rely on that person in future to be there for you when you are facing similar struggles. 
And now we come to my favorite segment of every episode, and that is, so what? Today we looked at the hard side of social networks, so who's connected to who and at what depth. And then we also looked at the soft side, and that is uh, the knowing what other people are, are thinking and feeling. So the practical takeaway of mapping your network is that it tells you where to focus your efforts when developing relationships, whether that's strengthening existing relationships or uh, getting new mutually beneficial relationships or even deciding which relationships not to pursue because there isn't mutual benefit in the future that you can see providing one another. In short, that helps you and the other people in your network achieve your goals more efficiently, not having wasted time. And then the practical side of knowing what other people are thinking and feeling and being able to relate to them in those states is that it increases your bond with those people, uh, the strength of those relationships. A strong relationship is one where either party will come to the other's aid in a time of need. And that means that if you have quality relationships within your network, that you are effectively de-risking your life and you are able to pursue some of your goals uh, that you know, might have inherent risk uh, while knowing that you're minimizing your downside. And similarly, you're giving that permission to other people that you care about. This ultimately reduces your fear in pursuing an intentional life, which may include goals that have inherent risk. Thank you very much for listening today. Sentient Future, signing out.